Hi, everyone, and welcome to another ICM and Next Collaboration podcast. My name is Rahul Costa-Pinto. I'm an intensivist at the Austin Hospital in Melbourne, Australia, and an ESICM Next committee member. Joining me today is my co-interviewer, Johannes Mellingoff, critical care nurse, senior lecturer with the School of Nursing, St. George's University of London, St. George's University of London and Kingston University, London, and chair of the ESICM Nurses and Allied Health Professionals Committee. Today, we have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Bruna Brandau Barreto, intensive care specialist at Hospital da Mulher in Salvador, Brazil. And today we'll be talking about her ICM publication, Caring for COVID-19 Patients and Their Relatives with the ICU Diary. Welcome, Johannes and Dr. Barreto. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really honored to be here today. Bruna, I'll, I'll ask the first question. Uh, this was a short publication highlighting the use of the ICU diary in your hospital. Can you explain how you compile the ICU diary, who contributes to it, and how you select patients for it? Yes, um, so um, the use of ICU diary in our ICU is really recent. Uh, we are still studying the intervention. So this, uh, we, we are reviewing literature about it and trying to implement it. Uh, and we are planning to do an RCT about it. So it's still a work in progress, but for now, we try to select patients that are recently admitted to the ICU around uh, 48 hours and they are submitted to mechanical ventilation. And this mechanical ventilation should, um, we expect to last at least two, three days. Uh, and we do that for two reasons. Uh, one, because these patients are more severely ill and they are generally sedated in some sort of way, even if it's not deeply sedated. And this can interfere with memory and uh, they're more prone to delirium and this kind of stuff. And two, because it's easier for the staff to write prospectively because we have a summary that is um, a part of the, the beginning of the diary when we talk about the illness trajectory that ended up in the ICU. So this, this part is, smaller when we include patients that are recently admitted to the ICU. So it's easier for the staff to, 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 to write about it. Uh, our idea in the ICU is that everybody can write in the diary, everybody can contribute to the diary, uh, but we also um, try to get physicians to write it every day uh, to, to explain about the medical aspects of the patient's evolution. And we do that because while we, we review the literature, we found that the absence of physician was a part, uh, a negative aspect, uh, frequently um, uh, spoken by family and patients. So we, we try to improve it. And that's, that's how we organize the ICU, the ICU diary for now. Thank you. Um, let me just um, ask you the second question that we've got. Um, at what stage do you give the diary to the patient or relative and who measures and ensures that when the diary is given to the patient, the information in it does not cause any unwanted effect? 
So I'm just wondering if you have any follow-up clinics that patients or relatives can access. Okay, that's an important question. Unfortunately, for now, we don't have a follow-up clinic. As I said, we are still implementing the, the, the diary as an intervention as a whole, but it's something that we definitely have in mind and we plan to, to implement it. Uh, for now, we deliver the diary uh, after the ICU discharge and how long after, it will depend on how well the patient is uh, cognitively speaking. So we, we, we give the diary as a gift, uh, but we leave them very comfortable to read it only when they want to. Uh, we be, I, I believe that this is the main point uh, to avoid uh, unwanted effect is to leave the patient free to not read it if they, they think they shouldn't. Um, and we are there, we, we, we ask about reading together in order to uh, answer some questions. And, and, but if they don't want to, to read it, we don't actually force them to. Um, we, we, we don't think we can really ensure that they would not have unwanted effect, but uh, we believe that this is the best way to, to, to avoid them uh, as minimally as possible. When they read the diary, it's generally a very tough uh, experience. It's a very emotional reading. And but what we saw, and this with the help of the literature, for, of course, is that even though they may present very uh, difficult emotions, experience this emotion while, while reading the diary, they generally do not regret it. Uh, because it helped us, uh, it, it helped them to understand what they they have been through and where they are right now in the recovery process. Uh, when we identify patients who suffer with the uh, with the critical illness as a, as a, a sequela or something, uh, we actually. Uh, we have another service that we can send this patient to, but it's not ours. It's uh, with psychiatrists and, and it's a specialized service to address with this point. If we identified there is a, uh, a very uh, important problem, psychological issues uh, concerning the, the, the ICU. So, but we, we mean to have a follow-up clinic of our, our own. Bruna, this, um, this specific article uh, is about caring uh, for COVID-19 patients. Do you think the ICU diary has taken on greater importance during the COVID-19 pandemic? I suppose with many hospitals not allowing visitors and healthcare staff showing increasing signs of burnout. Yes, uh, I really believe that with family being kept away from the ICU, the, the ICU diary is a, it's an excellent tool to increase trust because it's harder for them to be far away and not be able to see uh, their loved ones and maybe to tell the story in a more comprehensible way because sometimes through telephones, it's not 
um, it's not easy to hear all that without seeing someone. Uh, for the ICU staff, that's a bit a little bit delicate because um, because it's, it's it's a fact that in some hospital we are dealing with a very uh, huge amount of workload, so it's not easy at all to to write the diaries part of of uh, uh, shift. But uh, in, depending of the amount of challenge in your institution, like reduced number of, of staff, um, in some places there are very uh, non-experienced staff working in the ICU. So this can be really a challenge and sometimes it may be impossible to, to write the diary in this condition. But I believe that in services that are more organized, the diaries should be always in mind because uh, it is an important intervention and uh, it can help us to remind uh, why are we doing this and why we are fighting all, all these uh, challenges and why we are doing that for that person who wants to go home. So maybe can... Uh, in, increase our job satisfaction and allow us to be proud of what we are doing. And despite all the adversity we, we are facing. So maybe not for every single patient some, um, as a routine, but always keep it in mind and choose uh, carefully the patient that we do, because I think it's, it's important. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Um, Johannes. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, a follow-up question I have with regards to this is um, um, because of the pandemic, obviously, people weren't able to come and visit. Um, so do you believe that there is a way to introduce kind of an, an electronic diary, which may actually lead to greater relative participation? Um, what do you think? Yes, I think I think it's a good idea. Uh, I haven't thought about it for RCU for now. But it's it's an, another strategy, yes. Uh, but uh, thinking generally, uh, what, what we saw is that patients and family also uh, they they really like handwritten diary because it feels more personal. Uh, so of course, when they are able to read it, so we have to be careful about it uh, with our handwriting. But for now, for the pandemic, yes, I think uh, the, the electron, electronic diary is another strategy, but uh, our service, uh, we, at our service, we don't have it. Okay, thank you. Raul. Bruno, I'd just like to um, highlight um, another recent ICM publication of which you're the lead author. Um, entitled Exploring Family Members and Healthcare Professionals' Perceptions on ICU Diaries, a Systematic Review and Qualitative Data Synthesis. How, and you, you've spoken a bit about um, these concepts already, but how did has that manuscript informed your practice of compiling the ICU diary? So this review was really important uh, for me and for our team. Um, because as, as you already uh, pointed out, we studied the diary 
under the perspective of healthcare professionals and family members. So we could identify some points that are important, uh, like for the ICU staff, it helps us uh, initially to understand how the diary is done around the world with people that do this uh, for much longer than I do. So we are starting now, as, as, as I told you before. So it help us, uh, helped us to understand how to choose the patient, what should be written, and especially what are the worries that these professionals have while writing the diary and constructing the diary. So to implement the ICU diary with this uh, previous knowledge of the possible challenges that we may face with the team uh, allowed us to be more prepared in order to address this, uh, those concerns. So, um, and another thing that I, I thought it was very interesting uh, when we, we wrote this review is to, is the idea that of course, it's not the main uh, goal of the, the ICU diary, but to, to realize that it, it, it is also important for the, the staff. So it, it can help us increase job satisfaction and being closer to patients and their relatives uh, may bring more meaning to what we do. So this was uh, an interesting find, I guess. And for the family member, we could see uh, in this review, what they they search for in the diary, as sort of say. So they they really believe that the diary is uh, an important tool for improving communication in the ICU. So this is something that we are very careful with the information that we are writing. Uh, it contributes also for them to keep the sense of togetherness in a hard time like like that. And, and another important aspect is that even when the patient does not survive, um, the diary may work as a source of, as a form of closure and help them to cope with the loss. So these are the main aspects, I, I guess. It's, there are several nuances uh, and, and, and worries, and, but that's the general picture, I guess. Great, thank you, um, Johannes. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, you've given such a good example of humanizing the ICU to not only us, but the patients, the families and everybody around us. So um, before we wrap up, um, if you had to give me your five tips of how to implement um, diaries in the ICU, because I know um, not every ICU is using diaries at the moment, what would they be? <laughs> So uh, I believe that one and the first is really to talk with your team in, in advance to make sure that they are in the same page, they, they, that they are aware of the benefits of the ICU diary. So it wouldn't be as I saw in one study, uh, for example, just another stuff to write in the during shift so uh, to get them to understand the importance of this is is i think it's the main idea to 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 uh it's the, it's the first point to implement a diary um second i believe is to organize really uh 
uh, written guideline, a practical guideline on how to write this diary, including uh, examples of daily messages uh, and especially examples of messages uh, for when the patient deteriorates or eventually dies. So this is uh, it's a tough uh, writing for healthcare professional. Uh, a third aspect would be to plan the intervention as a whole uh, with all these components, so, which means, well, is it feasible for your units to add photographs? Do you have any concern? Is it possible? Uh, when should we deliver the diary? So this should blend. Will you be able to have a follow-up clinic? And if you don't, what will you do? with those patients uh, who are struggling uh, with the psychological sequela of, of the ICU. So this is a third aspect. Uh, the fourth would be uh, to have, maybe to have a channel of communication with patients and family to have feedbacks about the diary. Uh, it will allow uh, improvements for, it will allow improvements of the diary, but also positive feedbacks can stimulate the ICU team to, to collaborate. So I think having these, those feedbacks would be good. And the fifth would be to have uh, a moment with your team so they can express their, their concerns and their difficulties when writing the diary without the fear of being criticized or retaliated because um, addressing these concerns is, is really important to, to reduce the stress uh, that may eventually have uh, to implement this, this uh, diary. So I think it would be this, this five, five points. Thank you so much for those fascinating insights into what I hope will continue to be an emerging area of improving both patient and staff well-being, um, the ICU diary. Um, Bruna Branda Barreto, thank you so much for your time today. Johannes, thank you for being um, my co-interviewer and we hope you have all enjoyed listening to this ICM and Next Collaboration podcast and we hope to see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.